0: Joe this is the fourth episode of our Final Fantasy XV series. Each week we play through a couple chapters of the game and uh, then get together to discuss. As a reminder, I'm playing the Pocket Edition on my phone, and Josh, you are playing the what we've been calling the main version on Xbox One X. Right, And finally, is
1: this the first time? Where our episodes actually
0: up. I think so. In this case, the, the chapter numbers are different, but for me, it's chapters six and seven. For you, it's chapters nine and ten. But they are both called "Callings" and "The Heart of a King," and all the content matches up between the two. Sweet. So, oh, I was going to ask you what you thought. You go first. <laughs> I have been waiting
1: and waiting and waiting
0: to find out. I didn't like these two episodes. Or these two chapters. I did not like them at all. I was hoping that by the time we got to this chapter, we'd start learning more. We'd start having some more story. And to be fair, we did have a lot of story, especially in the first chapter. The second chapter, not so much. But the first chapter has a lot of cutscenes, a lot of information. But it wasn't the information that I wanted. Which is to say, I feel like I didn't get any answers to my questions. And I'm only left with more questions. So
2: which questions were you looking for
0: I don't know if anything specific, but like my overall goal here, like what am I doing with these gods? What am I doing with these royal arms? You know the
1: answer to that. You're trying to win back their kingdom. That's the whole
0: point of the game. That seems real simple though, right? I want to know more about this emperor. Where Where is he? We still haven't gotten yet another cutscene since the first right. chapter about this emperor. I was looking forward to a meeting with Luna Freya and we never actually got to talk to her directly. She appears to be dead. Everybody is saying she's dead. So like to me, it wasn't an emotional moment whatsoever because I don't know who this character is. I didn't uh, I didn't get a chance to talk to her and, and see how the two of them interact together. This is the this was supposed to be the first time that we've actually seen Nacht and Luna talk to each other. We've only heard about them being a thing. I don't even know, like, have they not seen each other since they were kids? Like these are all different kinds of questions. I thought we'd we'd start getting some answers to, but uh things just start kicking off right away and there's no downtime for for these two characters to actually meet up. Right. Well I mean
1: perform giant pretty son of God might destroy the whole city. You probably don't want to waste time.
0: It's a cool scenario, but yeah, I just I was I was disappointed. I feel like the game was trying to be emotional with this with this chapter in particular, with Luna Freya's death. Absolutely. And in particular the ending sequence when they're in the, the this like dreamlike garden area. Right. And I confess to watching the main version of this whole sequence with Leviathan because it I felt like the game was really trying to drive home something here with and and uh, I was missing it but after watching it i could see okay i actually see some some emotion coming through with the eyes you know the way that people are reacting to things i can get a better sense of how they're feeling but i still didn't feel that connection now i'm i'm usually i try to i try to not talk about spoiler stuff right but because people are born even today who still haven't played or watched certain things that were released 20 years ago, right? But there's this particular Final Fantasy game that has a character, a particular character who has a particular fate. And that was very emotional because you spent 10 hours with that character, fighting with that character, talking to people. And, and, and so when that finally happened, maybe I was just because I was a kid, but that was a big deal and I didn't feel anything like that for this character. <laughs> it was it was not a furry creature or a feathery creature, no.
1: Yeah, they were trying. They were really trying. And and I I thought that these teams did a good job of portraying. I think what's really getting aspect was is that they didn't build you as a player up. You we just haven't had that emotional connection to you know, as we haven't really seen interact correctly as adults. I mean, we've hardly seen them at all. Mm-hmm. I know that she's a pretty amazing person. Like that. Need to understand why there's that connection there? But you don't really feel in real way and, and build this very end like even throughout most of the game the whole point of, of at the beginning was we're going to go get married right and then that, that gets derailed really quickly but never once does that team it didn't give it much thought oh not <laughs> so, wonder wonder what i'm going to do now like it, it doesn't seem to change you at all
0: it seems like it's a it's a case of show don't tell in in terms of the story like we've been told about this relationship we've been told certain things but we never really see it Mm -hmm. and even in in, it doesn't help that our characters are in two different places right they're not going to be able to interact with each other but we didn't even see a whole lot of luna like you said what is she doing who is she talking to what is she thinking you know we could maybe still we could be able to develop this relationship even with the characters in two separate places if we saw them talking to different people about the about each other
1: right
0: and it may be having some flashbacks not to just young kids because that relationship as as kids is not a romantic one, and I don't even know if there is a romantic relationship here. We talked about this being a a political type marriage, and obviously they know each other, but again, have they how much have they actually spent time together? in say like teenage years or, or, or so. Right.
1: Yeah, because a lot they could have done built up those kinds So even though it is an immensely emotional theme and and public, I mean, you, you really see Noct breathing stuff.
0: Right? And 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 that continues straight into the next chapter. Mm-hmm. Right, where, you know, Gladio's getting upset with Noct for for Ignoring his friends and focusing solely on his feelings toward Luna. And so you can definitely see that in the aftermath. I think, in general, I think this is a limitation of the Pocket Edition. I feel like I don't talk to anybody in the Pocket Edition. In an RPG, I'm used to exploring towns, Mm -hmm. initiating conversations with people, and having multiple screens of dialogue and maybe some questions back and forth. And you get to know characters i don't get that in any of in any of the pocket edition a little bit with the with our main characters but most of that's through cutscenes. i'm not talking to anybody in town because they have nothing to say like i i just i can't initiate a conversation i just kind of brush past them and they say something mm-hmm. and i don't know like how how does it con- do you can you initiate conversations with just any town's person in the main version not
1: every person but there. are But There's way more people that can't talk. There's still a lot of that where you just walk past stores, like right? Because they're not talking to
0: you directly. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, it might be it might be an issue with this game. But yeah, I just think back to different RPGs I played, Japanese and Western, and and uh, that feels missing from what I'm doing. We did have some new characters in this chapter. We've got Westgum, who is a, a friend of Sids and like the the king, I guess. We've got Camellia, who is the Accordo protectorate. She like anybody, you? Did she look like anybody? Yeah. No.
1: I guess oh, he's playing on the podcast.
0: She looks pretty blocky. Why? I look at the
1: screenshot of her in, in, in the main version. Okay. I, I Give I me a hint. Thought, this looks like so and so, and so my wife came the room later. Like, see this this character look like anybody you Said
0: so yeah looks like Hillary Clinton <laughs> huh well yeah. yeah you know if you put Hillary Clinton in a game well I mean she was in NBA Jam back in the day but uh, if you uh, yeah I, I guess I could see her as being Hillary Clinton yeah. we got our next big god right this is all this chapter is all about Leviathan mm-hmm. um, which is massive oh, way
1: way bigger than
0: and uh, Rama, you'd say so, right? Like Rama, the lightning dude, bearded lightning dude. He didn't look that big for me. He
1: seemed way taller than Earth.
0: Yeah, yeah, but still, Leviathan is huge. And we got like the thing that surprised me about Leviathan is how much she talked. Not in a way that you could understand, right? Yeah, but but there's you know the subtitles mm-hmm. and. There seems to be some interesting things about the history of, of the gods and then the relationship with the with the people, the humans, that I thought was interesting. But we can cover that once we when, when we're in the recap. We got to see Altisha that well, we've been hearing about. What do you think about Altisha? I think
1: pretty amazing. Fun. You like it? The, the boat ride on
0: the gondola. Huh? Well, it's.
1: the, the boat ride became. Oh, okay. And you make your entrance down like this elevated river sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was really cool. The the town itself is sort like a, Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you, know, uh, you know there there was one new gameplay sort of thing that was talked about, once I got there I didn't, that I that I didn't mess with because I just wanted to focus the story. When I got there, they said that you can now use Umbra so like. It sounds like. I could have at any moment decided to go back to the other Plan oh. Like a fast travel kind of thing? Yeah, and then I would use Umbra to do that. And, and, and it says that the the place where you call Umbra will be your last rest point. So like when you, in the menu, you say fast mm-hmm. oh, travel. Oh. oh, okay. So I'm guessing that that's you can go back and do some of those other side quests while you're over in
0: but it's not that important. No, that makes sense because you know we, we had heard that it's gonna start getting real linear. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, it would be weird that you would cut off the open world part of the game halfway through. Yeah. Yeah, in the in the pocket edition, obviously I don't have any fast travel because it's all just linear corridor type stuff. So but you were able to fast travel at any point. Before, in the in the open world section, you could just fast travel to different places, or did you always have to travel by car? You, you
1: can fast travel. Right? Because, okay. Yeah. Okay. That's cool. <laughs> well,
0: like she teleports you or something, or he, is Umbra a boy or a girl?
1: Teleporting
0: dog, that's cool. Okay, so you, let's go into the recap then. Yeah, First chapter is called Callings, which I want to talk about at the end of the recap for this part of it. We open with uh, some conversations on the boat trip on the way to Alticia. We learn that Noct is pretty anxious to see Luna at the expense of nearly everything else. He seems to uh, doesn't really care about the mission. He just really wants to get to her. Ravis, who is Luna's older brother, who's been kind of helping the Empire hunt her down, has a weird arm and seems super strong. We learn that Sid had a falling out with the king, and that's why he wasn't invited to the coronation. He also, Sid talks about Cindy and how she had a tough childhood, and both her parents died when she was young. But that she seems to be doing pretty well, given given that past.
1: Yeah, so I guess that kind of clears up conversation from our very first episode of *Why Was Cindy Dressed This Way* when hanging
0: out with her dad. No, not at all
1: it makes it weird. It's still weird. <laughs> and I still wish would do
0: it. But it's weird. It would make sense if, if that was just the style, right? If everybody in that region of the world dressed like that, like, okay, this is just the normal thing, but uh, hey. even in this world it seems a little out of place. Mm-hmm. I don't remember anything about Ravis having a weird arm, like a robot arm maybe or something. But they sort of hint at he must have got his arm damaged or something in a battle and now it's been restored. So a little
1: bit of research that I did on like the, the Blu ray movie and, and some of the other content that really go side of this game. Mm-hmm. I think that movie has the fight that this evolved. Oh, okay. And that's probably what has happened. But yeah, like you, I didn't notice anything weird about his arm. I mean, everybody's wearing ridiculous armor.
0: And stuff, so mm-hmm. I didn't, I didn't... Okay. Next, we hear some. Broadcast on the news, they say the government issued a statement promising that the reasons behind awakening the Hydrian would be clarified in the ceremonial dress. This is address, this is the beach or whatever that Luna's gonna give. Delivering the address will be Lady Luna Freya, who was previously reported dead. Unlike the last couple gods that we've awoken, uh, this seems to be like a, a big deal. Like everybody in the town is involved. It's it's planned ahead of time enough <laughs> that there's gonna be a ceremony.
1: They
0: talk about it actually. Later, yeah, they do. Yeah. Like,
1: I, I don't think the plan is to call up the local citizens.
0: So, um, oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> no. I'm sure some stay behind to check it out, though. This is a once in a lifetime opportunity. <laughs> yeah, and there is quite, uh, quite a storm. We arrive in Altitia, city in the water with gondolas, like you said, kind of like Venice. Uh, we've already talked about that. Sid tells us to meet Westcom at Mago Bar, which we do. And we learn a few things. We learn that in exchange for the city's independence, the Empire can come and go as it pleases. Luna is in the city, but no one has seen her. Leviathan will be summoned, but there is a risk of damage, like you are just saying, about evacuating. And also, we do meet Camel- Camelia, who claims that she's keeping Luna safe from the Empire and wants to meet with us, talk, discuss terms about a trade or something. Because she's a slave? I don't yeah,
1: think... I mean, Sound
0: like a, uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. So, uh interesting thing about Westcom—he sounded familiar to me. His voice sounded familiar to me, and so I had to look him up. Dave Fenoy, who is Lee from The Walking Dead. Oh, from The Walking Dead game. game. The main, yeah, the oh, first yeah. season. You're you're the character you play, yeah. Lee. Yeah, that's him. That's cool. I've noticed him in a few other games too. I've noticed him in Minecraft Story Mode, which is another Telltale game, and so he seems to work with Telltale a lot.
1: Yeah, I, I like the voice acting of this character. I like. I really like uh, his clothing and all that stuff.
0: Like, yeah, it, was, it was a really cool box. That's why I'd like to go to. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we can open it after Story Players finishes because it's a it's a finite thing. No, okay. <laughs> so yeah, this this stuff is weird with Luna. She's here in the city, but no one's seen her, and she seems to be being held hostage. Like that was it was weird when I was was hearing this, but it is interesting that that the city being much closer we're on the continent now with the empire, right? So we're much closer to them and it seems that there is some sort of deal going on where rather than just being completely taken over, the Empire's decided to give Altitia their you know, their, some independence but it's not like the Empire's completely staying away. They're they're still in there. And this whole deal with the Luna, I, I wouldn't look at it
1: I think it's more of a situation where Luna in and she's being protected by the secretary, but the secretary knows that she's got
0: something. To live well, how did she get here? I mean, we know that Luna's here to be awakening the gods and whatnot, but like, did she just go to the secretary and be like, "Hey, can you like just save me for hold? You know, hold on to me for a little bit?" Or was she intercepted and taken? Yeah, we don't
1: know. But, but and later you get a custody. With Luna that didn't I didn't that she would Kidnapped.
0: Taken off the streets. Bag oh, over her head. Horrible, <laughs> yeah. As you're walking around the city, you can check out Luna's wedding dress. I did that. Did you do that? I did do that. I didn't want to do that. Why? Because I want to marry this woman. So you wanna see what she Oh, you're not supposed to look you're not supposed to look at the dress. Oh jeez. I didn't even I didn't even think of that. <laughs> You're such a traditionalist. But I did it pretty well. It's it's cool because everyone seems happy. They like this dress. Yeah. But there's some conversation with like Prompto and Gladio. And I'm like, you're laying on some foreshadowing here, aren't you? Because I think it's Prompto who says, I'm so happy for you that she's okay. And Gladio's like, you've got to make it happen. Become a symbol of the peace. Yeah. Like, it's like, yeah, everything's going to be good now, right? We're finally meeting up with Luna. And then, of course, it all comes crashing down on oh. us.
1: It's like the first real conversation where anyone wanted to talk at all about their still
0: being
1: Yeah, that's true. We've known for most of the game this wasn't dead. Yeah, but we haven't mentioned it all. the fact, that
0: it might still be right because our city's been destroyed, and and we seem to, is <laughs> we seem to be in the middle of a war right now. Well, we meet with Camelia in her office. She discusses Luna, what Luna wants to do with the Hydrian, and how it will affect the townspeople. There's a lot of conversation choices here, which stands out because the game doesn't seem to do that a whole lot. But here, it's like every single time Camellia says something, we have a chance to respond, you know, uh, being completely truthful, hiding things, lying about things a little bit or somewhere in between. Mm -hmm. And so I assume that the dialogue changes depending on on what you choose. How did you how did you play this?
1: So when when I looked at the dialogue, it seemed to me that they tended more. Along the lines of, do you just want to be like super macho? going um, to <laughs> or do you want to be more diplomatic? And, and with with some of that, like I'm mean, gonna hide also mm-hmm. there, like, yeah. And, and I played this as, you know, this is my first opportunity to be a, a king mm-hmm. amongst someone other than my friends. I'm going to try and do this the best way that the new king would try to do it. I'm not going to be a jerk. I'm not going to try to force her. Because I'm in the body. We can make this work and everybody can be satisfied with whatever the outcome is? So I want that.
0: Yeah, that's a good good point about being more of an arrogant, you know, you do what I say kind of king. Because I definitely chose the more diplomatic route as well. Because it just seemed like. She she's not she's not like threatening or anything. No. She seems that she just wants to have a negotiation whatever this. Yeah. She has some concerns and she just wants to make sure that, you know, she's got some leverage with Luna and to make sure things work out for her. So they make a deal, right? Or we make a deal. The deal being we'll hand over Luna, we'll give her to you, but and, and we're okay with this whole Leviathan thing, but listen, you need to get my people out of here. You need to help help us with the evacuation and if the Empire comes, which of course they will, that you're going to be the one who takes care of him, we're not going to help with that fight. Mm. Seems fair. Yeah. After we leave, there's a brief cutscene between Camellia and Wescombe, so they seem to know each other a little bit more than they let on. He's surprised that Camellia opened up to us as much as she did, and she says, I have a soft spot for the young and tragic. They've lost Regis, they've lost the crystal. Was it so long ago the last oracle was taken from them? We don't know. No. And is it something that happens like as one oracle dies? We don't know about the succession, right? The line of succession for the oracles. Is it something that one oracle like gives physically or like transfers? Yes, I'm transferring (laughs) the title of oracle over to you. We know that it is bloodline, right? Uh, There is some sort of bloodline related to it. Luna says, I have the blood of the Oracle or something like that. But yeah, does it does it happen like after the previous Oracle dies that it awakens in someone else? I don't know.
1: So I didn't write down which exact conversation this happened in or who actually said it. But there wasn't a small bit of foreshadowing that I wasn't sure if you got for uh the, the quote that I wrote down was the Empire is not content moving all the way. They want that heaven. Hmm. Yeah, I do. I do need to remember that one. Yeah, I'm kind of signaling that they're going after these guys too. Yes, they they're want not, control. we not the only one. trying to get some power. Hmm. But I have no idea how how they control. They probably can't control it. I would
0: imagine. To when is enough enough? How much power do you really need, Josh? <laughs> I like this cutscene also because. After we leave that meeting with her, we're not really sure where she stands. Like, we think we have an idea, right? But this kind of solidifies the thought that she she seems to be on our side, right? She empathizes with us, and maybe it's not in her best interest to, to help us out to the degree that she is, but this is why. Well,
1: and the impression that I get is that she hasn't really picked up still, but the vastly most important thing to her is this thing. the city. She's willing to toss to us as well, But she's not she's not gonna go to war right. with
0: the Empire. Not too long after that we have another cutscene in the office again with Camellia, this time with Luna. And there's something interesting here that I hope you can help me out with, along with a lot of other dialogue in this chapter. But Camellia says, If worse comes to worse, you can threaten to throw the trident into the sea. Then they'll listen. In the meantime, it will be well guarded. Better than the Oracle herself. Remember, you'll be under imperial watch. Think of it as a necessary evil in order to forge the covenant. And Luna responds with, I am in your debt. Camellia then says, once it's over, you may go as you please, but you do so without our protection. So this is a private conversation, right, between the two of them. So they should be being honest with each other, or at least, you know, right. they're not trying to lie to anybody else who may be listening in, watching. When she says better than the Oracle herself, she's just referring to to Luna title like kind of like in a third person kind of way right i can almost read this as being luna's not the oracle but that's insane right right
1: no she's talking about
0: it. but she's talking to luna yeah okay
1: yeah i mean she's just saying that the, the, the Trident will be better protected,
0: protected. right okay because for us for a moment there i was thinking is this a decoy is this not the real luna and th- and she's sort of like coaching what this luna should do when bad things happen. Hmm. Wars, so <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> it just seemed weird. You know, maybe it's just a, a, the the dialect or something. You know, they there's still kind of got yeah, this mix of sci-fi and and sort of fantasy, maybe it was just a weird way of talking, right? Mm-hmm. I'm going to leave that open though. I'm not I'm not convinced. I'm still holding out hope that Luna's not actually dead. (laughs) (laughs) Luna says she's, she's in her debt. Can I just take that to mean that she's been protected this whole time from the empire? There's nothing else going on in the scene. You don't think there's anything else to, to see in the scene, anything else to analyze or or glean from it. Okay. That's disappointing. (laughs) When the conversation's over, Imperial soldiers come. I think they're Imperial soldiers. Maybe maybe they're just her soldiers. Maybe they're just they must just be her. They must be later. her, Camellia's soldiers taking yeah. going to protect her, taking her to the right. ceremony. It wouldn't make sense for them no, it. but she she didn't seem happy to see them though. Mm-hmm. Well, the soldiers come and they're like holding weapons or something to her. Yeah, it, it's weird. it doesn't look like they're protecting her.
1: Right. I mean, this whole situation is a so little weird. Like it, like you said, it feels like. There's some story that so we ought to be getting from some other way, like talking to other people in the town or you know, talking to, you know, I mean, you can imagine how this would go in RPG. You'd be walking into the castle or whatever, and the servants in the castle would have conversations with you about, yeah. about all of this.
0: Yeah. <laughs> that takes us to the ceremony and Luna's speech. There's a there's a crowd of people who have come to watch this and knocked does make his way in during the speech and and it seems that he and luna have this little like acknowledgement right. but it's hard to tell again from the pocket edition because no, it's, it's flat-faced and i don't know if anybody's i don't know if either is happy to see the other they just sort of like they do seem to acknowledge each other like
1: definitely acknowledge.
0: does luna like kind of like smile at him or something or does he smile at her or is there anything more than just
1: Mhm. She's busy. I seem to remember him at. <laughs> Before we get into this, how is it that no one recognizes that? No one. He's the king, right? <laughs> he doesn't look like a king. It doesn't matter. The, what is it, Prince Harry or whatever, whatever the the prince sure, sure. in England? Mm-hmm. Millions, if not billions of people on this planet would recognize those
0: guys. Remind me, do we have cameras and TV in this universe here? Mm. I can't think of seeing Like, is this ceremony being broadcast? I can't can't remember if there's... I don't remember seeing anything. Well, you know what? She says at the beginning of the speech that she doesn't think that this message will reach outside the walls. So it must not be broadcast. But there's radios. There is, yeah, that's right. There is radio, okay, but not not pictures, not, really. not tele, not television, right. So
1: newspapers too. Yeah, yeah. They do, have
0: do they have cameras? That's what I'm asking. Do they have a way of capturing? Oh,
1: okay.
0: Oh, what am I thinking? <laughs> well, you know what? If I ever saw these pictures that he was taking, I would I would remember that there is a camera. Jesus. <laughs> I have seen one picture. I have seen one picture and it was during my time walking around Alticia. here. I think they come across like uh, an artist who's doing caricature drawings or something. Did you, did you talk to this person? Okay. I talked to this person and it's hilarious because they, Hey, you want a picture and they do it and then they show you the picture and you know what it looks like. It's the full 3d rendering of them from the main game. <laughs> yes. That's,
1: awesome.
0: That's great. Anyway, so this, uh, the speech the speech seems to be about it's more than just the empire it feels like this is talking about like universal like darkness and light and
1: well i don't think this is just universal concepts they are talking about the the issues with the night and the demons and, the mm-hmm. and all of that yeah
0: Right, right. Whenever, like in the subtitles, these things are capitalized, right? Like darkness and even star is capitalized and that, you know, the, the empire is sort of like part of it. Right. But it's, it's bigger than the empire. They're just like the actor in this case. That's like maybe the darkness is using or whatever. I'd like to read a few of these lines from the speech to see if it sparks any discussion. She says, the light fades from our world and as it does, the shadows shall loom ever longer until all succumb to the darkness. Have faith, for our gods watch over us. By their blessings, by the stars that light the heavens above, our world will be delivered from the perils of the dark. And I think she ends with, On my honor as Oracle, I will not rest until the darkness is banished from our world and the light, capital L, is restored.
1: It seems like the type of speech we wanted, because it's in this type of world. And, and that type of moment being we're about to do something. It's kinda of crazy and it's super dangerous. We want you to know why. Mm-hmm. The reasons being that things are really messed up. This is the situation. The darkness is coming. We're doing this incredibly risky thing for a reason. mm mm-hmm. And that reason is to save you. And and this is the only way we can do that. So that's why you need to evacuate. <laughs>
0: yeah. I think it also hints hints back toward this. This world before people, there are gods, and like the, the crystal, you know how the, the Noct is the king, and it's like the crystal chooses him or something. You remember what I'm talking about from a couple chapters ago? I, I want more of that information. I, I, they keep hinting at it. Right. Do I need to read like a history of Final Fantasy fifteen, like a history in the world of Final Fantasy fifteen, like the world's, like a, a history book that would be put in school, in one of these cities, I need to read that history book. It
1: probably exists. They spent 10 years it.
0: If only there's a school I could walk into and start, like, talking to children. Or finding a stack of books, and I pull one out, and it says, History of the World. And there's passages and things that I could read. Yeah, I really miss reading stuff in this game. History of the World After the speech is over, we start the Sacred Rite. We see Luna standing above the water holding a trident. And, and Leviathan comes out of the water and they kind of have a chat together and Leviathan isn't, just, just doesn't seem to be very happy. Like
1: Leviathan's just leaning up against her
0: locker and they're chatting? Yeah, they're chatting. Okay. Yeah, but Leviathan is very upset. <laughs> At the same time, Ignis, Prompto, and Gladio are getting the civilians to safety while Nox starts fighting through Imperial, imperial forces alone. He makes his way across rooftops and, and he's he's got to contend with the Empire. There's these like watery snake attacks coming from Leviathan I think mm-hmm. and so Luna's, Luna Luna, is struggling to convince Leviathan to give her blessing to Noct what do you think about Leviathan's conversation here, this little chit chat Leviathan
1: doesn't seem to trust her.
0: she she
1: is, the she is the goddess oh wait doesn't think that Noct is worthy of it and the artist argue with her
0: But it seems it seems more than that because it isn't just Oh, who is here to receive my blessing? Not you. You are not worthy. This is why the hell have you woken me up? Do you know what I am? You're just stupid people. Like, I don't care. Leave me alone. How dare you ask me for anything? Which is completely
1: understandable. Like it only makes sense for Revive to do that, which then makes you wonder why didn't Archean or um, Uh huh. Well, right,
0: Titan's just like, <laughs> he's got to put that thing down, he's gotta be tired by now, right? Yeah, he stopped the force, I don't mean the force like Jedi, Jedi force, he has stopped the force of the meteor from impacting the planet. Mm-hmm. Like, just put the thing down, right? Walk away, go take a nap. This is not what I was expecting. I didn't expect this god to be so angry with us. Leviathan is also a summon in Final Fantasy VIII. Well, it's probably
1: going to be a summon here.
0: Hopefully. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because we do end up defeating her what? for the next two senses. Yeah, I wrote down that Leviathan doesn't like people. And because of that, Luna is struggling to convince Leviathan to give her blessing to Noct, who she calls the king of kings who will drive the darkness from our star. It seems like leviathan tries to eat her or something and but she repels the attack using the trident like it like glows and blows up or something so leviathan seems to be oh, like on board with this whole covenant thing but she warns that if the king is not worthy as you say he is then the feeding capital f feeding shall begin and it shall not end until every last speck is devoured i don't like that at all <laughs> I thought we were just—we're we gonna damage some buildings here at, at, at the at the most. The people have been evacuated. The town structurally may suffer some damage, but I'm hearing that if sh- this goddess isn't happy, she's going to eat everybody. Like, is there a time? If, does Luna have a chance to say, whoa, whoa, "Wait a minute, whoa, whoa. Uh, can we can we have some more time to think about this?" <laughs> right. Meanwhile. Noct needs to make an appearance here because we need, to, we need to see some fighting in this chapter. So, Prompto picks up Noct on a giant flying screwdriver ship that he stole from the Empire. From the Niffs. <laughs> and Noct begins attacking Leviathan and is knocked to the ground. As Luna runs to help... Was that a pun? Knocked no. to, to the ground. Oh, man! I didn't even realize that was... <laughs> Yes, it was absolutely pun intended. Always. Mm. If you have to ask, the answer is yes. As Luna runs to help, our old buddy, good pal Artie, shows up and stabs her. He says I'm good buddy he is. Yeah. So I'm okay, I need help here, I need help here. He says, Now about that ring. On second thought, you let him have it. She says, I will pass the ring to the rightful king. She then grabs Artie's arm and makes it glow and says when the prophecy is fulfilled, all enthralled of darkness shall know peace. What just happened here? <laughs> <laughs> A Japanese role-playing game What just happened here? <laughs> because, okay, I get okay, I get that he comes up and stabs her. Fine, we knew that we, we couldn't trust this guy anyway. Finally, he makes his move. Cool. I, I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. Given that I don't care what happens to Luna because I don't know who she is. Ouch. But, she says, I will pass the ring to the rightful king and then like makes his arm glow. What is she giving him the ring? What is she doing to him?
2: She's not giving him
0: the ring. What is she doing to him? I
2: don't know what she's doing to she
0: him. She stops and he kind of turns and and hold his arm hold his arm up. Right. And like he seems satisfied with this. Like it, it glows, so he's got something.
2: I I I've watched it a couple of times.
0: I don't know what she did. I it's mean, it's similar
2: to like when she heals people and stuff, right?
0: Sort of. But he he's not in need of healing, right? Why can't she heal herself? (laughs) (laughs) But it's not the ring because we know that Noct has the ring. Mm -hmm. So, but she did something to him. I don't know. And it's strange because he's saying now about that ring on second thought, you let him have it. So it's almost like he's saying, I wanted that ring, but on second thought, never mind. I don't want it. Give it to him. I don't remember what the emphasis is on the sentence. Is it you let him have it or is it you let him have it? I think it's more about him then you let you. him have it
2: but, uh, Artie's too smart of a guy for this not to be completely planned he doesn't want the ring right now or else he would have just taken it because he totally could have unless there was some concern that Leviathan's going to eat him if he takes the ring like what else could possibly stop
0: him from taking the ring nothing Does he? yeah so does he not want the ring he's just there to stab her fine but then what is the whole glowy thing about I can't figure out the glowy thing. Okay, so it's not just me. Nope. Fair enough. Artie then leaves on a dropship, and Luna uses the trident to summon power from like all the royal tombs to heal Nock, And it, it's out, it's kind of like she throws the trident to him, or it somehow gives it to him. So now he has the trident mm-hmm. as a royal arm. Yep. But it looks like he has all like I paused it here and my on my rewatch to try to count the number of spinning weapons going around him because you can't possibly count them while it's going on right they're just moving too quickly <laughs> but it seemed like it was up there like 10 11 i don't know oh but it seemed like they had all he had all of them which doesn't make any sense because in the next chapter we go get another one right and so at this point we've probably got six yeah so it looked like it was more than that so i was confused again here i seem to get confused a lot in this game hmm. but I was confused here because I'm like, if that's all it took to just get all the royal arms, why do we bother going around and getting all of them? If she's just going to give it, like summon all the power from all these these royal tombs and just give it to us?
2: Well, maybe he can't do it. Maybe she can, but he can't. Well, we could just
0: meet up with her then, and then she give it to him.
2: Every time we're in a fight, hey,
0: Luna, oh, okay, show up. Okay, I need some arms. I could buy that, so she can temporarily give him access to all of them. That could make sense. Yeah, I'll buy that. In any case, Noct is healed, right? Like he was pretty hurt on the ground. Yeah, Percy probably would have done something to stop Artie from stabbing. Yeah, his so like, yeah, he's just laying there helpless. Like he's watching. He's lucid, right? He can mm-hmm. see what's going on, but yeah, he can't do anything. So, but now, so Luna is still kind of like up and about. Like she's struggling, but she's still she's not like completely unconscious and just mm-hmm. or just dead, right? So what follows then immediately after that is the Leviathan battle which I imagine looked amazing for you. Oh, yeah. Uh, It was okay for me, but it was just boring. It was just, it just kept going on and on. And for me, it's just, it was just some swipes on the screen. I just kept swiping, swipe, swipe, swipe. And then like, I just kept like tapping Leviathan over and over and over again. Just tap, 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 (laughs) tap for like 10 minutes straight.
2: It wasn't even really that interesting of a fight on the Xbox for me. It was kind of boring. It kind of felt like a fight that I couldn't lose. Mm. And that I just had to slog my way through. Mm. Point. Yeah, so it looked cool, but it wasn't mm. actually all that cool.
0: Nocta wins, of course. Like you just said, it was bound to happen. And he gets the mark of the Hydrian, so we have Leviathan's power. But he comes away, again, seriously injured. Luna summons Titan to sort of finish off Leviathan. Because Leviathan's not completely dead or destroyed. Yeah, It's like... During the battle, Noct is like ripping parts of Leviathan off, and but at the end, most of her is still there. And then, well, then it ends with him like basically cutting her line
2: astern with trident like straight up the, the length of her body. Uh huh. But she's still like standing there. She's when still Titan there. shows up. Like I, I don't understand these battles with the gods because you're supposed to defeat them, but not really. Because if you were to actually defeat them, they'd be dead, and they wouldn't be able to fight for you, so we don't actually kill Titan, or the other god, or this one, so that they can continue to fight
0: for us, so then why does Titan need to show up? Maybe it's like Pokemon, where you have to like beat them down to just a little sliver of health, and then you use a Pokeball to capture them, mm. and then you can bring them back. And so I think that in this case, and Titan's got the Pokeballs. Titan has come here to capture Leviathan. Okay, that's gotta catch them all. Gotta catch all the gods. (laughs) We don't actually see the result of that battle uh, because it fades to white, leaving us with yet another utterly baffling scene. (laughs) I have a theory about this. Good, thank you. Okay, so it's like it's sort of like a a vision, maybe like a dream sequence or something, where it we now see Young knocked waking up in a in a field of blue, maybe purple, flowers. Um, the flowers of Tenebra. Okay. And we see young Luna there too. And they have this little conversation. And then suddenly Luna is older while Noct is still young. And it's, it's she's basically saying goodbye to him. And then all of a sudden Noct is older. And he's sort of like reaching out to her. Um, but she's they're like floating away apart from each other. Mm-hmm. And he uh, all of a sudden the, the ring appears in front of him. And he grabs it. Okay, so let me let me read through a couple of the things that Luna says, and then please uh, tell me what your theory is. Luna says, so you found your way here, a chance to see you once more, who would have thought? Noct says, why wouldn't you see me? She says, because my prayers have been answered, my calling fulfilled. And she says, that which is yours by right shall be restored to you. So that's the ring. She's talking about the ring there. Yeah, that makes sense. hmm Okay. That's it. What, that, that what's what's your what's your theory on the scene here?
2: Well, I I think what this scene is 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 basically him getting a chance to say goodbye to her before she dies. Her her calling being fulfilled is the end of her life. She's done what she was there. What she was put on this planet to do, which was to set up Nacht as the next king. That's how I interpreted all of this, and this is them getting a chance to say goodbye through that I, I don't think it's the literal actual moment when he gets the ring i think he probably had mm. the ring already but it's more of a symbolic handoff of that ring symbolizing all right you are now the king as ordained by the oracle you are now actually the king it, it's not just that your dad is dead uh-huh. you are now the actual king because you have the ring and the Luci.
0: okay why why is he young that's, Why do they start young
2: in this? I have a funny theory about I don't think it's real, but as I, as I was re-watching this, I thought, well, of course they're young. That's the only time they ever talked to each other face-to-face. <laughs> <laughs> because as they were older, they only communicated
1: via Umbra. Yeah, the uh,
0: dog journals. But yeah, the, the dog messenger. Dog notes. Is this a dream? Is this Luna communicating through a vision? I think it's something like that. Yeah, I don't think it's
2: just a dream in his head. It's it's something a little bit more. It's something more mystical, something more otherworldly, supernatural.
0: Supernatural is a good word for it. Yeah. So he grabs the ring and then he wakes up back at the hotel and mm-hmm. he has he has the ring. Right. I guess it would make sense because you know in the order of things it looks like he's now just pulled this out of his dream mm-hmm. and uh, but it makes sense that she would have already given it to him. So because he if he passes out. After fighting Leviathan, we don't actually see her die. Right? We don't see her die. So she could very well just be giving it, giving him the ring and then somehow communicating with him through whatever magical powers. We've already seen visions Oh yeah, with Noct and the gods and seeing Luna in different places. So mm-hmm. um, that all makes sense. Right. But she says, so you found your way here as if she's not the one who's responsible for this. A chance to see you once more. Who would have thought? It doesn't seem like she's the initiator.
2: Maybe she's not. I mean, I I don't know that that this particular thing really warrants that much reading into it. It's some sort of supernatural encounter that she wasn't sure was going to be able to happen, but it did. She's happy that it did. Regardless, he's the king, right? Like, this is is super weird. There's nothing in this backstory that we've encountered that helps to explain how this works. I think it's really just meant to be a,
0: a... A transition, and you're not supposed to ask that many questions. Okay, fine. I won't ask any more questions regarding the vision of Flowerfield. Her calling has been fulfilled. Apparently, she's not needed anymore. Does that mean there are no more gods left? Well, she's not a god. No, 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 no. But she's been the one who's been... Oh, maybe not. She has been helping us, though. But it hasn't been... Because she's spoken with all of the gods. Yeah, she's spoken
2: to all of them. I actually know the answer to this. I just can't tell you.
0: Why? Because... you played ahead? Yes,
2: because I was kind of forced into playing ahead a little bit, because I wasn't sure if my game was going to save, and the next chapter was immediately dropping me into combat, not allowing me to save. So I played more, maybe all of the next chapter. <laughs> <laughs> and there is a comment made that explains that the that situation
0: question. with the gods. Okay, fine, good. What is Nox calling? Does he have a calling? Because I say and that because the name... to be the king? Well, the name of this chapter is Callings. With an S, plural. Oh, and so I, I figured there must be more than one calling. So Luna's talking about her calling. It could be a whole bunch of callings. It's been fulfilled. Everybody has a calling. Sure, it's
2: her life's calling is to set up the next king. His, his life's calling is to be the king and to rid their kingdom of the the Niflheim Empire. There's the literal calling of Leviathan. Mm, okay, you know, there's lots of callings there. There's Prompto. What's call, Prompto's calling? Calling up Noct and telling him to jump on a flying screwdriver. <laughs>
0: <laughs> he probably wants to call up Cindy. Yeah, he does. He wants to call up just about any girl at this point. The chapter ends, as I said already, with, with Noct waking up in the hotel. But Ignis is in the room. And it turns out he's he got injured in this fight in some way. And it, it looks like he's just completely blind. Like, he's got, a, he's got a scar going over one eye, but his eyes seem to be physically intact, at least on my low-poly mm-hmm. version of the game. Uh, but for some reason, he just can't see anymore. Well, he's wearing sunglasses in mine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I can still see through them. Oh, yeah. They're, they're, they're transparent. Yeah, I think he still has his eyes.
2: They just don't work anymore. Okay,
0: they didn't get poked out or anything. I don't think so. Okay. He does confirm that Luna has passed. Mm-hmm. So we know for sure that, uh, even though we didn't see it, we know that she died and again Noct has he does have the ring. So we mm-hmm. have the ring and we got to get crystal back and everything should be good. Right, which we'll get the crystal by by beating the empire cuz they have the crystal. Okay, that wraps up that chapter, Hollings. Mhm. Which means we're moving on to the next one. The Heart of a King, which is chapter 7 on um, the pocket edition, chapter 10 on um, the main edition. Mhm. So let's do it. Yeah, so what did you think you were going to be doing next
2: in this chapter? Maybe, maybe you didn't even have time to really think about what would be the next thing to do. But you know what I didn't expect it to be? Looking for more royal
0: arms. I <laughs> I thought we were done with that. Right, we did the royal arms, we did the god stuff. I, like I said, I, swore, I swear I saw 12 spinny royal arms the last battle. I thought for sure we were done with royal arms. But the opening to the chapter for me says that we're on a train heading toward the capital of the empire and that we're going to make a stop here for a Royal arm. Yeah. Okay. And the big, the big thing about this chapter, this chapter is a, our, our group has worked well together up to this point. We talked about even in the first episode where we had that intro and we haven't actually seen this scene because I assumed it was sometime in the future, but it was when they're all sort of working together, trying there, it looked like they're inside the castle and, and trying to attack some enemy in there and they were, you know, calling out to each other and, and, seemingly working like a great team. This chapter throws it all out of whack mm-hmm. and and everybody's just like really mad at each other. And well not everybody. Well pretty much just Gladio. The guy who matters, Gladio, because he's very dangerous looking mm-hmm. is is very upset with Noct. And so a lot of this whole chapter is is not just about getting the royal arm, but also how everybody's dealing with this, dealing with uh, the events after leviathan and then of course making up at the end yeah so in terms of story there's not much going on here this was a much shorter chapter than the others have
2: oh yeah super short I, this one took 45 minutes for me i mean that's that's less than most of your chapters on the bucket edition
0: yeah which are about an hour at least you said something to me before we started recording that makes this episode or this chapter make a little bit more sense yeah In that so I did play this back to back with the previous one and mm-hmm. so it, it all just flowed together and when I played this I it felt to me like this was immediately after the events of the last chapter I woke up I see Ignis is injured later that day let's go on and continue our work right but you said you that's said that's not, not the case. case
2: it's not the case and I missed it too playing them back to back I thought we just got on the train right away but as it's going to the train cutscene it says Several weeks later. Several weeks. Several weeks. So it's been a while, and and it starts the. I think the first line of dialogue is Ignis saying that his wounds have healed, but to get his vision back, it's going to take more time. So it's definitely been a little while, and and overall, physically, most of the team is doing much better, including including Knocked after his tremendous battle with with Leviathan. But knowing now that it's been several weeks now it makes a lot more sense that Gladio's really upset
0: yeah because they we must basically have
2: been, haven't done anything yeah. for
0: several weeks i thought like gladio continues to be my favorite character he's normally real chill but all of a sudden he's upset with me and that makes me upset because i don't like him being upset with me and i kept thinking what well, like okay yes ignis has his problems and maybe me not, and maybe i'm you know not paying attention to that because i've got my own tragedy that just happened but he's acting like mine is absolutely not important whatsoever. <laughs> well, I don't, I don't think that's how he's
2: acting. He's, he's accusing you of being so wrapped up in your own grieving that you don't, ca- you as knocked, don't care about everything else that is happening. That Niflheim still has the crystal. They're still taking over everything. And you're not doing your job as king to try and reclaim your land. You're just sitting there
0: moping about the death of Luna. Yes. And that makes sense if it's been a few weeks. But my initial run through this, I'm like, (laughs) what is your problem, man? (laughs) Stop giving me a hard time. This just happened a couple hours ago. Yeah, that is exactly how I felt too. Okay. Let's uh, go through this recap then. We start out on the train. And you can explore the train a little bit, but it, you know it's mostly people, Gladio, not wanting to talk to you and ignoring you, getting out of your way. There was one new piece of information on here that I thought was interesting. On the train, there's a radio, and it's one of those news broadcasts, and it says that Ravis is being blamed for the Le- Leviathan disaster and has been sentenced to execution.
2: Yeah, I somehow missed this. I, I tend to listen to the radio broadcast. Maybe I just didn't
0: see the radio. It wasn't one that came up. Like you couldn't just ignore, right? In terms of like a cutscene where it's just playing, right. you had to go seek out this radio. And it was at mm. the end of the train. Yeah. So anyway, the train arrives. We're uh, at the destination and we go down into the mine to look for the royal tomb.
2: Hold on, hold on, hold on.
0: What? Do you have any side quests here? Of course, I have no side quests. None of, sometimes you have side quests. There are actually, so it turns out that all of the side quests are the same. All the side quests are ever since we were at, Lystallum, they've introduced the cactuses throughout the area that I'm in. And every time mm-hmm. I find one, I get a couple of AP points, mm-hmm. ascension points. And there's, you know, maybe two, three, sometimes seven of those. And then there's also the mystery scraps of paper that if you find the initial one, it gives you a map that has an X with some drawings. And you got to try to figure out where that spot is and then dig something up. And then you just, you kind of play this little treasure hunt game until you get to the end of it. And you just get like a, an item, a good item or something. Oh, that's the extent of my side quests.
1: Okay.
2: I had two side quests. One, I met a journalist who really wanted to write a story about what's going on down in this mine, but he's not a warrior. He knows that something crazy and scary is down there. So he doesn't want to go down there because he figures he'll die and ask. If we'll take some pictures for him. for oh, his, okay. For his story. <laughs> so Mark's four places on the map where where we need to go and take pictures. I only got one of them. I didn't really care. Oh, you just didn't care. The the other side quest that you might be more interested in, there's a woman on the train who was traveling with, oh, I forget the number, maybe four baby chocobos. <gasps> and they escape. Oh, no. And you need to rescue her chocobos. Oh, no. In the mine? Uh, or are they around the train? She says that they're like, she's not super clear kind of makes it sound like they're in the mine two of them were at the train station oh i found those right away i never found the ones in the mine (laughs) maybe the giant scary monster ate them and i just stopped looking
0: so no no rescuing of all the baby chocobos either okay when we go down to the mine we have an opportunity we're we're asked do we want to bring ignis with us yes and i don't know what happens when you say no because i said yes and you said yes too right i said yes also so i don't know if he actually does stay behind And how that changes the rest of this chapter. Yeah, I I would kind of like to know, because he saves our bacon. Right, so maybe he he just refuses to listen to you. Like, maybe he'll just go down anyway. It's just a dumb, it's a a fake choice. Mm -hmm.
2: But taking him with you, oh my gosh. It made, like, this wasn't even that long of a chapter, and it felt three
0: times longer than it actually was. Yeah, he he walks so slow, and, which is fair, he can't see. (laughs) He's walking with a cane. And so the other guys stay with him. And uh, that makes sense. But I don't really have that much control over my walking speed when I'm tapping different places. Oh. And it was so frustrating to try to stick with them, even though that's what they're saying, like, hey, you need to stick together. I just kept running ahead. But when you run ahead, Gladio always yells out at you. (laughs) (laughs) And I was really getting upset with this dude.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah, because for me, he would yell if I got too far away. Also, it's just been burned into my play style with this game that if I'm going anywhere, I'm running. And yes. as soon as I would tap the sprint button, Gladio would yell at me.
0: Sometimes it's funny because one of one of the lines he says is, hold your chocobos, highness. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I don't think he said that to me. <laughs>
0: is it too much to ask the royal procession sticks together? Mm-hmm. So much for sticking together. Try thinking of others. I just wanted to just go back and punch him. <laughs> right. So if that was the intention, then good job. Mm-hmm. It really, it it really made me question whether I wanted to be friends with Gladio. So there's a path we're trying to get down to get to the royal tomb, but there's this giant vehicle or machine or something blocking the path, and so we have to just we have to get the motor running by turning on some backup generators and whatnot, mm-hmm. so whatever, moving around the map. But I don't know what it looks like for you, but for me, this obstacle in our way as a gigantic gap in the middle of it <laughs> and it's literally like as if you were to jump over a, a a fallen tree and just jump over the trunk that's on the ground that's all that they would have to do to get past it oh it's ruined my immersion just a tad bit <laughs> yeah. so you go, you go down that path that's blocked that takes you to a camping area and this was I think the first time that I camped where I didn't have the special food like usually Ignis makes some sort of cool recipe and this time I just ate food out of a can and I don't remember there being any ingredients or anything to find in this area plus I don't know how he would make it he's blind well blind people can still cook yeah but he's newly blind imagine if you were if you were newly blind and you had to like cook a steak yeah like would you even how See, would you do it so I
2: have no idea how this w- worked because for I don't even know why I chose this decision but I went to the camping place because it was almost night and mm-hmm. I'm like, Yeah, this is gonna be worse if I try and do this at night. But I don't wanna do the camping thing. And I have an option at campgrounds to, to either camp or wait until morning. Let's just wait until morning.
0: Oh, okay. So I just did that. Oh. Oh, so uh yeah, for me, instead of everybody like having fun and joking around, everybody just sits very quietly and <laughs> Gladio walks away and sits in a chair by himself on the other side of the camp. I could see that. And we all eat out of canned, out of we eat canned food. No, I, no cup noodles. No, no, no cup noodles. That's disappointing. But it, it did give me a little bit of attack up boost. So I thought we could use that in the morning? We travel through another area, which is much greener, kind of swampy. It's got some large trees and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, whatever. You just go through it and fight through guys. And at the end, there is a boss, Marlboro. Isn't that a cigarette? Uh, similar to that. There's okay, another R. Oh, okay. I'm like, <laughs> that's a weird name for a boss. But he's like this giant plant creature, right? He's got some pretty bad breath like a Marlboro Smoker. <laughs> <laughs> so this this fight was probably the toughest one for me in the game so far. Even though the fighting, everything's pretty much on rails. You just tap around and, and knock, and everybody else fights for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was so much, this guy was dishing out so much damage. Right. And it's like it's like spitting out. Too right, like it's covering the area in some sort of poisonous, I don't yeah. know, jelly that I'm walking through. And I'm constantly getting hurt. I was pulling up the menu to start healing people all the time during. during yeah,
2: this fight. I, I don't think I've ever done as much healing in one battle as I did during this one, and healing other people. I normally don't even have to worry about healing other mm. people, but I had to this time. Yeah,
0: definitely. I, I even tried getting out of the way. I'm like, okay, I I see what's going on here. Let me walk, but I just couldn't. Yeah, because I was already stuck in it, and he moves real slowly. Well, and
2: and I would get him to the point where he's got almost no health, I'd deplete him of, of
0: his health, and then he'd regenerate yeah. a quarter of his health. Right. And then I'm thinking, am I doing something wrong? Right. Especially after, what, the third or fourth time? Mm-hmm. It's like, I have to be doing something wrong. I'm going to run out of potions here. I'm right. going to die. I'm going to have to repeat this. Yep. For the first time. Right? Like, yeah. Actually dying in this game for the first time. But fortunately, after the third or fourth time, Ignis does help us out, and somehow we... He uses like a stasis grenade or something, mm-hmm. and that's enough to damage him or stun him or whatever it is that we need to actually do that last sliver of health. Right.
2: And he threw the grenade in his mouth, didn't he? I think that's what he did. Maybe you don't see that in, I, I in couldn't your tell. terrible graphic.
0: Pretty sure he threw it in his mouth. Probably. Everybody's hands are like this, where it's three, it's like Ninja Turtle hands, you know, where you have a thumb, <laughs> and then your first two fingers are together, and your second two fingers are together. That's mm-hmm. what everybody looks like. Fish hands. I'm not sure how you put the ring on. Just the, it's just got to be a really big ring.
2: <laughs> it's a magic ring. It just reshapes itself.
0: We get the royal arm from the tomb. I don't. I. Don't, I didn't see what it was called or what it actually is. is it was it just a sword? sword. A katana, I believe.
2: Ooh, okay, And I was like, ooh, this might not be a horrendously slow weapon. <laughs> so I equipped this oh, yeah? one. And it is cooler. Mm, okay. I'm going to check this one out. Not that you would know... And I obviously have no idea because I didn't play past this chapter.
0: <laughs> After we leave the tomb, this is Ignis's time to be like, listen guys, I'm, I've am i had it. I'm tired of this bickering back and forth. I know things aren't going real well, but you know we've got to get past this. Mm-hmm. Early in our chapter, he did seem to imply that maybe his vision will come back, that maybe he just needs more time to heal, but at, by this point, it seems like he's accepted that his vision's not going to improve, but despite that, he does want to stick with the group. He wants to be with these guys and help them out in whatever way that he can. Mm-hmm. But Gladio's all like, "This is this is just way too important, you know. The
2: mission is too important.
0: The mission is really important. Being there for each other is all nice, but it's this is a life and death situation. You know, we can't be worrying about this. This isn't going to work out. Right. And and Ignis says he'll he'll bow out if he gets if he slows us down too.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: At the end of this conversation, I got a pop-up that said, Gladio's words spurred Noctis to (laughs) self-reflection. Now roused, Noctis' vitality has increased by 50%.
0: (laughs) Okay. That's good to know I didn't have that message. weird. Yeah. Oh, the other thing that Ignis says is, you know, Gladio, like, chill out, man. Noct will take his place when he's ready. You just need to stop pounding him, right? Mm Mm-hmm. There's one final scene back of the train where everybody's sort of like, you know, are we good. Is everything good? Yeah. Okay. Let's go. They get in the train that starts to take off. But we see Artie once again on the station watching, uh, watching the guys get in the train and he just kind of has this evil little giggle or laugh. <laughs> he's, he's really satisfied with how things are going mm-hmm. and then it just uh fades to black and that's the end of the chapter, right? That is. Yeah. That's that is how the end of the chapter. for me. Yep. So yeah, definitely compared to the Leviathan one, a lot less story information going on, but we, it, it's, it's some character development. Yeah, cool. a bunch of that. So hopefully things will get better for our guys uh, going forward, and we're all ready to take on the next challenge. Is it another royal tomb? Is it uh, another god? Is it finally meeting the emperor and just killing him and then ending the game right there? I don't know. I'd ask you for predictions, but it seems that you already know some of what's going to happen next.
2: I do know a little bit, so I'm not going to say anything about that.
0: I do have a question for you. Okay.
2: We thought it was super weird earlier in the game when the game was like encouraging us to try and hook up with Gladio's sister. Iris. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, I know me, especially, I was like, I'm not going to do that. I've got this oracle to marry. Mm-hmm. She's dead now.
0: That's true. That changed things for you? There are other fish in the sea. I can't go fishing, but <laughs> <laughs> I wonder, I, and I can't go back because I don't have an open world. So Right. I don't know. No, I don't think that that would change anything. So you're not going to... I'm grieving here, man. You're not going to start hitting on ears? No, I'm moping around. I, no.
2: There's a great quote in one of the next chapters. <laughs> can't wait to share that one with you. I hope you get it, too. Okay, well, this what is What about... Usually- um? Oh, you have more questions? What yes. about Bayonetta? If she shows up again, I can't remember her actual name. <laughs> she didn't seem all that interested in this. Aranea, is that Aranea? Aranea, that sounds right. Aranea yeah no. it's hard to remember real names when you give everybody fake names yeah no
0: this is uh it's not quite a dating sim this game okay there aren't very many relationship things going on here, i wouldn't call mass effect a dating sim either oh it's but... absolutely a date <laughs> <laughs> you take people on dates i guess that's true yeah normally we would do some more predictions here but i am curious if you have any more thoughts. and not really and and i won't confirm them
2: because we've struggled when we get to the end of all of these episodes to try yeah. and figure out like what the heck is going to happen next? When are we finally going to try and fight the, the crazy, gross, scary emperor guy?
0: I'm hoping that, so I'm not even sure, okay, we're going to the capital to reclaim the crystal. So mm-hmm. is the crystal, okay, we, we talked about this before. It's a physical thing. Yep. Is it big? I don't think so. Is this something that they can just carry around with them? Because the last I time we so. saw the Emperor, he was in, uh, he was in our city and in, right. in our castle. And so I was thinking he was still there. Hmm. But if if, we, if they can just move the crystal, maybe they have taken it and have gone back to the capital of yeah, the Yeah, I Empire. think that's what they've done. And so if that's the case, I'm expecting that the next uh, chapter we're going to get there and that we're going to finally meet up with this guy and have some chats. Really? In the next chapter? In the, in the next chapter or the one after it. So for the next episode, because we're getting down to the last three chapters of the game. I think we have an extra one on the, on the main version. but. I've got three more chapters left. Mm -hmm. So we've got to actually, I assume meet face to face, this emperor dude, our main bad guy. Right. And I'm still thinking that there's more to him. There's got to be something else going on. There's a lot of stuff going on with the gods and sort of this bigger story beyond the empire has their own goals for control, but there seems to be this bigger story of darkness and, and, and and the light. And I, you know, we've got to be seeing that real soon. So, Mm -hmm. Yeah, I fully expect all my questions will be answered next episode.
2: Uh, I'm glad you're so
0: optimistic. 100% believe that. <laughs> <laughs> this concludes our fourth episode of our Final Fantasy 15 series. Thanks for listening.
2: As usual, we want to know what you think of Final Fantasy 15 and and what you you think of the situation with with Luna being dead and whether or not that actually impacted you at all. We want, we want to know what you think. Artie's big game is here. And where the heck it is that we're actually going with this story. You can share those thoughts with us in a bunch of different ways. You can head on over to the digitalmediazone.com, leave a comment there. You can find us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash VG story players, like video game story players, or on Twitter at VG story players. And if you like what you heard, please make sure you're subscribed. You probably are, since we're in the middle of a series here, but if you're not, Head on over to Apple Podcast or Stitcher or any other place where you tend to get your podcast and subscribe so that you don't miss any more episodes because we've got at least probably two more in this series and then we'll be continuing to play even more games and if you want to help us out and help others out and expand the community, you can do that by sharing story players with your friends and and other people you know uh, by just telling them about it or you can also head out to Apple Podcast and leave a rating or a review so that anybody who stumbles across it over there will know exactly how awesome you think the show is. This has been another episode of Story Players. Thanks for listening. I'm Josh Pollard. I'm Joe D'Astasio. Adios. See ya.